I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 91 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many, many ways for you to get in touch. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you, what you want to hear more of on the show. Guys, the NFC North is almost in the bag. We've got one team left. We've had an amazing guest this week, a return guest, Colm Kelly at overtime ireland on twitter give him a follow the donegal darling of dynasty he's been dropping some heat and he's saved some of the best hits best takes for last we're talking detroit lions guys if you haven't heard the packers vikings and bears go back and check them out they're all up we've got some dynasty stashes some buys sells and our overall thoughts on each team getting you ready for the fantasy football season which is right around the corner so guys Buckle in, get ready, and can I just ask before we start here, if you are enjoying these episodes, don't forget to subscribe, and please, please, please take 45 seconds out of your super busy and amazing lives, and leave a rating or a review, or both, if you're feeling really kind and generous, on your favorite podcast listening platform, really helps the show, I really appreciate it, without any further ado, let's dive into these Detroit Lions. The main event. Fight! One team left. The Detroit Lions, who you would think we'd be very sad and disappointed to talk about. But spoiler alert, we're actually both really excited about the Detroit Lions, weird as that may sound. They finished last year 3-13-1, the Detroit kneecap-biting Lions in last place, sadly. Now, no major, I don't even think there was any coaching staff overturned at all. They're just riding with it. It was obviously a first year for new head coach, Dan Campbell, who I really like as far as just like likability. He has to be a top five coach in the NFL for me. Absolute dog. Um, they did sign DJ Chark in free agency. So that's a sneaky under the radar signing people have forgotten about, I think. And they didn't lose any key offensive pieces. So they haven't lost any of their running backs or tight ends, anything like that. And they did draft Jamison Williams. They traded up, which I'm very salty about with my Minnesota Vikings, who basically just gave away the pick for free and let them take Jamison Williams, one of the absolute best wide receivers in the draft. So Obviously, a disappointing year on paper, but there was a lot of one-score games, I'm pretty sure, from memory. There was a lot of like almost going into overtime or last-minute you know, losses and things like that. They definitely put up a lot of fight. I think that considering the skill level, the talent level that they had on that roster was really impressive that you know how well they did play and how hard they did fight. They did get rid of their OC from last year, and they've brought in a new one. So that is a change, which hopefully will be for the positive. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts? What's your overall feeling, your vibe? I kind of have spoiled it a little bit by saying we're excited about them. But you know, what are the reasons for that? Where are your thoughts when you think Detroit Lions this year, Colin? Yeah, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited. It's hard to say. I wanted to go back. You mentioned it just jogged my memory. September 26th last year, 
the Lions took the lead against the Baltimore Ravens 17 16 with like I don't know how long was left not very long left that was the game <laughs> nice. that uh uh, Justin Tucker. I don't know if it is the NFL record, but it was the. It was like sixty-five yards, yeah, wasn't like a, it? I was trying to pull it up as we were as you were talking through it, but I could find the date and I could find the game, but I just couldn't find the length of the field goal. But um, yeah, there was a lot of heartbreak for the the Lions fans last year. But I think that they have a lot of pieces that I really like. I think they're an offense on the ascension, and I think even though it's one of the players we've been teasing throughout it, the one weakness they have is probably uh, their quarterback. But I think that. Um, there's just a lot of exciting pieces on this and I think they're going to need to score points and they're going to you know get garbage time points and that there is not always you know the most exciting or the sexiest thing to look for but we've seen it over the years I talked about Alan Robinson a minute ago being one of my previous favorite players without a quarterback scoring fantasy points and a lot of that was with the Jacksonville Jaguars when they were trailing and he was putting up fourth quarter uh, garbage time touchdowns so that is very important and I think this roster is going to have a lot of that time this year but I do think there'll be competitive and i don't think there's any games where they're just going to sit back and take the l and that's what we did see last year even though they lost 13 times um there was a lot of uh, fight in this roster and i think they're going to move and you mentioned chark as well somebody who spent time in jacksonville has had his injury issues but i think a sneaky piece especially when you have you know a veteran like williams who may take some time to bed in and recover fully from his injury but i do think there's there's a lot of young players in this roster and Something we've talked about on Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel, and it could seem spicy as the Lions could be heading towards that trajectory eventually of the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's keep that in the back of the mind in oh terms my. of how they've yes. gone and how, how explosive those offenses have gone. Now, I don't think Jared Goff's the one to do that, but um, <laughs> I, I think that the young players that they're putting on the offense are very, very interesting. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% because if we look at sort of some of the underlying stats from last year, even they were 13th in pace of play. So they were, you know, they were getting things moving. They were keeping it up. They, they did a lot of really they fun. Behind. <laughs> they were always doing really fun trick plays, fake punts and all this kind of carry on. It was a lot of fun to watch and they really got stuck in with, you know, like, crazy randos as their running backs and wide receivers at times they had a lot of injuries down the stretch there so they were missing some of their key players they were 29th in offensive dvoa so again just sort of defensive value over average so they were quite low but again we look at like who did they have on the offensive side uh you know they've done a lot they have a really good offensive line which is really important so i think that's really good key piece of this they have an incredibly exciting young running back in deandre swift they had this breakout revelation last year, Amon Ross St. Brown, who played really, really well, but he was like the dude. He was like the only dude, and he's a rookie. Now they've got Jamison Williams, who they just traded up for, who is an absolute stud. They've got D- DJ Chark that they've brought in. They still have Josh Reynolds. They've got a healthy TJ Hawkinson coming back. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to be actually you know quietly excited, quietly optimistic about. What's your confidence level? If we're doing this whole 1 to 10 for the fantasy pieces in Detroit, where are you at? I would say eight. I think eight's fair. I think, you know, I'm eight as well. So we can can be uh, excited, but at the same time, we do know that there's a chance that, you know, it could be a tire fire. And after, you know, nine weeks of the season, as much as we love Dan Campbell, he could get canned, you know. So there is that side of the range of outcomes. But um, yeah, there's a, a lot to be excited about here. And the reason I'm excited with a lot of it is the value in terms of the, the cost of these players. Because I think, again, like the Bears, People aren't targeting the offenses that you know they think are going to be bad offenses or aren't exciting, but they can be sometimes where the the jewels can be found. 
Absolutely. No, hundred percent. Because I think you're right. A lot of people kind of say that whole, Hey, don't, you don't want fantasy. You don't want players from bad offenses on your fantasy team. And I understand what they're saying with that, but what people also forget is every year there's that team goes from like last to first in their division. So you have to look at when you're projecting forward, do I project this to be a bad offense this year? Or was it just that it was a bad offense last year? And now they've, you know, similar to the lions, they've got continuity in the coaching staff. Um, they've brought in a lot more pieces. They actually played a lot better than we might think. So I, I agree with you hundred percent. That leads me to the buy section. Who are you looking for to get on your roster before the season starts? Uh, if you have to choose from all of these absolute stud muffins over in Detroit, who, who are you prioritizing to get on your roster column? Yeah, I think there's a massive advantage in having an elite tight end on your roster. And I think that TJ Hawkinson is going to be that after this season. I think he's borderline at the moment, but in terms of where we're drafting, this is something with dynasty. It's something with like trying to project as well forward for redraft is who are the players at the halfway point of the season and next season that are going to be moving up around? Who are the players who are currently like, say, uh, a redraft player in the third round who'll be a first round pick next season and then obviously you can take that into dynasty as well and be like well that makes them a buy right now and we talked about it with a number of players on the last preview show and this one where if you're currently you know the tight end he's the tight end six where is he going to be next year well i think he's still going to be in the at worst case scenario the top eight tight ends so like there is a chance that he could drop down but i think he's still going to be young enough and he's still going to be climbing up and in terms of the a lot of the tight ends that are ahead of him are actually quite old in terms of the likes, like aging profiles, like uh, Kelsey or even like you know Mark Andrews. These guys are becoming veterans now, and uh, I think that he'll continue to ascend up that chart. And the tight end depth really does only go six. You could probably stretch it to eight if you really felt strong with somebody else. But for me, he's the last in that tier of elite tight ends with elite profiles, and that's why I'd be getting him because when you're playing in leagues where there, there is just the one tight end you do need to start. And sometimes you might have flex options that you put in a tight end. But if you can just start somebody like a Hawkinson, but let's say just we say call him Travis Kelsey, you can start that on a weekly basis. It's a, it's a big upside. And I think that that's the range that we're seeing Hawkinson go into. And sometimes with players like Hawkinson, it can be a case that people might have thought it was going to happen as a rookie because he was such a high draft pick or they might have thought it was going to happen last year. But it did kind of happen last year, but then obviously he got injured and things kind of slowed down but i do think that he is still somebody who's really that top tier talent so he's the one i'm i'm buying and he is expensive but i think in certain leagues you might find that people aren't as keen on on him because maybe they drafted him as a rookie and he's starting to you know they think that it hasn't really helped for them they might be able to acquire him yeah, no, I agree. I think you're right in the sense of I personally love having a, an elite tight end on your team. I think it's a massive advantage. So I agree with that. And I think if you're in an existing league, I mean, tight end six, like you said, that's probably around where his value is. But if you're in, in an existing league, there, I think there has been a general vibe of disappointment, you know, this offseason with Hawkinson and what he produced and performed. Obviously, people aren't really taking it into account, maybe the the fact that he was injured, things like that. So I think 100% there's a chance to get in and get a little bit of a discount on what his actual value would be worth to your roster. I like it. For me, the biggest buy right now is Jameson Williams. And it seems weird because he's a rookie and everything like that. But if you're looking at a startup value where rookies are included, he's coming in at wide receiver 27 um, on sleeper. 
And depending on what you believe about Jameson Williams and things like that, personally, I think that's a pretty big discount. I think Jameson Williams is a very, very good talent. I think he's got a lot, a lot, a lot in the tank there. He could easily be, you know, a top 15 wide receiver in dynasty in a year or two. Um, so I think if you're able to get him at sort of wide receiver 25 to 30 prices for me personally, I think that's a good time to do it. It may even just be worth waiting. If he's going to start the season on the pup list or something, wait a couple weeks into the season when everything's just, you know, every, he's almost out of sight, out of mind. If people are getting a bit this discouraged or disappointed or just kind of not seeing the forest for the trees, that might be the right time to swoop. But I personally believe in Jameson Williams. I think he's a big superstar in the making. Um, so that's somebody I would be looking at again because you're not having to pay those crazy crazy prices right now to get in on him but what about so if we're looking at like we've talked about who we're trying to acquire the most who's somebody maybe you're trying to offload or you're trying to get out from under with this absolute rock star talent level of the detroit lions <laughs> uh, yeah it feels funny when we're talking about it that way this one was hard for me because i think a lot of the guys that are coming in are young players on the ascent and then the one player a lot of people are probably saying here is is going to be the person that's my sneaky stash but um i think that the only player I could really come up with was Jamal Williams. And then I see that he's running back 63. So he's probably like still fine there. But I think what people thought when he came over from the Packers was that he was going to eat into DeAndre Swift's work. And I think what we've seen is DeAndre Swift is a stud running back who really should be getting pretty much all of the work. And uh, so I don't know. I had to kind of default an answer to a, an old running back. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, honestly... I feel the exact same way. It's so weird. I feel very, I feel like we're in the upside down or something like that. You know, the fact that we're like so excited about Detroit Lions players and we don't want to sell any of them. If I had to, I do think maybe Amon Ross St. Brown, again, don't hear what I'm not saying. It's not because I think he sucks and he's terrible, but he's valued as wide receiver 31. So he's pretty much just as valuable as Jamison Williams um, at this stage in time. I think it's because what you see, you know, seeing is believing for a lot of dynasty managers. They saw him be awesome down the stretch last year personally it is a risk of course it is but everything we do in fantasy or dynasty is a risk but i i believe a, a wide receiver who was a almost a top 10 pick they traded up for to get who comes from you know having absolutely elite production at at alabama one of the best colleges you know for producing nfl talent that we've ever seen to me i think he's a more safe bet or a more intriguing bet than uh, you know Amon Rossine Brown, who I like, I like a lot, but I don't necessarily think he has the same ceiling. So if I've got Amon Rossine Brown and I'm able to basically more or less just flip him for Jameson, you know Williams, I would be happy to do so. I'd be excited to do so. Um, but yeah, that that would be mine. But again, it's not that I hate him. I don't think it's terrible. If you want to keep him on your roster, I still believe that he could be a very solid wide receiver too for you. Um, you know, he's young, he's up and coming. He showed a lot of talent there. But I'm always really interested and excited to get in on like a potential alpha if i can especially the wide receiver or tight end uh quarterback situation so that would be sort of my read on the situation but again i don't hate him and i absolutely don't think you need to get rid of him yeah, the only the other thing i would add in is he did have a really strong finish to the season but i talked about tj hawkinson he missed the majority of that time that amon ross st stepped up and then the other player who missed a lot of that time was deandre swift they both missed a large chunk of the end of the season so now you're looking at a situation where you do have Jameson Williams, you have Hawkinson, you have Swift, you have DJ Chark. You know, it's a lot of, and you still have Josh Reynolds there as well. So there's a lot of mouths to, to feed. So that could be a little bit trickier for him. But yeah, he, he still did show it last year. And, you know, that's something to give him. So yeah, it's a, a real on the fence one. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, he is a good player, and hundred percent, I have no problem with you keeping him. But in value wise, if you'd done a rookie draft last year and you got him in the third round, and now you're able to just flip him for like a guy who's taken in the first round of the NFL draft and that they traded up for, and you should have seen. I know. Again, this is something I do actually believe in. It's kind of hard to put your finger on for like quantifying, but if you listen to like press pressers and you listen to coaches and explain their thought process and everything like that you even watch the draft video and see how excited they were to get jameson williams and how much they believe in this guy it's hard to not get a little bit nervous if you're the almond raw st brown truther and you're just believing him to be like this future wide receiver one um you know so that would be my only concern there but as far as a sneaky stash i'm really curious to hear columns take on his sneaky stash here for the detroit lions I think that the one that I'm stashing is the one we've teased all along and it feels like it's completely disgusting and it is Jared Goff. So I talked a minute ago, but I don't think he's a long-term option for Detroit. But when we're looking at the options that are available, talking about this roster, how excited we are about some of the skill position players they've acquired. And he's the quarterback 31. So if these players like PJ Hawkins and like Jamison Williams, Amon Ross and Brown, if they are going to put up points, they're going to have to put it up through the quarterback, and that's going to be Jared Goff. And if we look at, you know, there is some sections of his career that it has looked really rough, but if you look at even his time last year in Detroit, like for fantasy, for the NFL, it's not great, but for fantasy production, uh, it is quite positive. And we have seen him do it in the past as well with the Rams. So I think if we're looking at needing a quarterback and needing somebody to to step into that place, I think Jared Goff can be an interesting one. The other thing, like I'm coming from like a, a best ball or a redraft mindset as well. But if you're looking at like why we're excited at the Lions, it is kind of those costs and how they can be acquired and how you can stack some of these options up versus the options that you'll have um, in your other kind of teams that are people are expecting to do really well. But yeah, Goff is the one that's sliding into me. And he was the one when you were talking about the bull prediction for the Vikings. My bull prediction is that Jared Goff scores more fantasy points than... Kirk Cousins this year. That is absolute blasphemy, sir. How dare you? That is it. I'm he's getting kicked off the show just after this. <laughs> I can't believe he's had the audacity. We might have to come up with some sort of a wager over the, the coming week or so to come up, but I think that's what we should uh that's what oh, we, we, should we will absolutely have a wager on that. A hundred percent. Uh I can't believe you've said that. I'm disgusted. I am shocked and appalled. My sneaky stash is DJ Chark. So we've talked about him. He is sort of the forgotten man in the mix. And don't get me wrong. I'm not expecting wide receiver one or anything like that type numbers, but he's coming in at wide receiver 65 on sleeper. So he's like kind of just a freebie, you know, you can get him in the teens um, in your startups. You can probably pick him up for like a third or something like that, because I think there was a little bit of buzz when they first signed him, like, Oh, maybe, maybe. And then when they went and traded for James Williams, like, Oh, never mind. You know? So I think that, but my dynasty brain, the way I'm thinking of it is, you know, you could get him now in a startup really cheap, or you could pay a third or get him thrown in as a trade. And then if Jameson Williams, because we don't know yet, there's a good chance he starts on the pup because they're thinking long-term with Jameson Williams. They're not worried about this year necessarily. If he starts on the pup and DJ Chark is the number two wide receiver or whatever, if the offense is doing anywhere near as well as we think it could do, and there's a buzz about him, you're almost certainly going to be able to flip Chark for a profit. So you get him at wide receiver 65 prices, but then you get a 23 second out of him. Something like that. That's certainly worth the investment for me. Um, I would be looking to flip him if I did have him or if I could acquire him, but I think that's somebody that could be a real sneaky stash there for you. Very cheap, um, just a cheap buy or acquire and then just flip for profit, you know, a few weeks into the season if he's had a couple of big games. And as far as my bull prediction, mine is much more reasonable, much more realistic, and much more palatable than Columns. 
I'm actually going to say if he stays healthy, which we never know with these running backs, but if he stays healthy, I'm going to say Swift could be the overall running back one in fantasy in 2022. An uh, interesting stat here. Um, I'm not sure how many people are aware of, but he actually had the fourth most targets for uh, running backs in only 12 games. So he only played 12 games. And he still finished in the as for fourth in actual targets, which is insane. Targets are gold. If you don't know, um, you want running backs to get targets. I mean, he was averaging, he was on pace for over a hundred targets last year. If he'd have played a full 17 games, which is insanity. Like that is just on his targets alone. And he's fairly efficient. I think he was getting like seven and a half yards per reception. I mean, just on those targets alone, if he has any sort of positive touchdowns, um, he would be, you know, sky's the limit. So I personally think if he stays healthy, you could see DeAndre Swift be the overall run running back one in 2022 that would be my bold prediction like i said much more reasonable much more uh likable than columns horrific bold prediction which we will most certainly have a bet about there you have it guys we have broken down the nfc north for you gone through each and every team giving you some buys some sells some stashes some bold predictions column has been an absolute gentleman a hero and a scholar i appreciate his time and guys as i said at the start here if you don't already make sure and go follow him on twitter at overtime ireland he has a lot of great work that he's involved with over on road of his radio and his podcast road of his overtime with sean siegel is an absolute treat so make sure and check out all his work he's got a million things going on he's making people money he's making himself some money he's going to be making me some money um but colin do you have anything else to plug anything else to shout out here before we go no just uh the best place to find everything is on twitter at overtime ireland we have uh, recently jumped into the youtube game as well so we have lots of video content going up there but most of the video content is uh you know audio content that's obviously then repurposed then so if you want to get all this stuff check out the podcast feeds and uh, check out all the content over at rubis love it love it and uh, colm you've been an absolutely amazing guest other than your slander of the vikings of course which i would expect nothing less Colm over there doing the lord's work making people money making you guys money making himself some money and going to be making me money this year i'm excited to share all the amazing winnings that we get from these big big money best ball uh top tournament winnings but guys go out there get some trades done and join us again next week for more divisional breakdowns I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.